Hello and welcome to Too Fit to Be Tied. Where we talk about health from a variety of perspectives. Emotional health. Mental health. Physical health. And spiritual health. My name is Jerome. And I'm your co-host, Constance. What are we talking about today, Jerome? The focus today is going to be on toxic relationships. Okay. Um, We're going to talk about what a toxic relationship is, give some examples, um, maybe some personal examples of toxic relationships, and how you can know if you're in a toxic relationship. So what what do you think about that, Constance? How much time do we have? (laughs) I mean, I need to condense some of my stories and you know, experience it. What is a toxic relationship? Well, a toxic relationship is a relationship characterized by behaviors on the part of the toxic partner that are emotionally and sometimes not infrequently physically damaging to that partner. Wow. Is, is that your own definition? Did you? No, I Googled it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and we should give a disclaimer. Um, Neither of us are professionals. No. So we have this, no idea what we're doing. We're this, just as lost as the rest of you. This podcast is purely for entertainment purposes. Right. And maybe, I mean, maybe a little education. Can you get a PhD from just a lot of life experiences? Like, I feel like they should hand you one when you've been through a lot of shit. Oh, absolutely. So if they did that, I would have a PhD. Yeah, I think what you do is in, you, you write up your experiences and you take it to the college of okay, your choice. Okay, I'm thinking, and they, they oh, go, shit, I'm going to Harvard. Okay, so we, we talked about what a toxic relationship is. Could you run again over some of the main points of, of the toxic relationship? You mentioned emotional. We talk about health all the time, right? Absolutely. Okay, so we talk about being healthy. You start putting toxic shit in your body, right? Mm-hmm. You are going to be sick. It's the same thing with anything that's toxic. A toxic relationship makes you feel lethargic, makes you feel like you have no energy, makes you feel hopeless, makes you feel um, emotionally drained. And when you think about that, the toxic nature of a relationship or a person um, in your life, you are, you're going to end up sick. You're going to end up emotionally, mentally, um, and physically sick. Okay, so here's an interesting point. So you mentioned putting bad food into your body. Yeah. And sometimes you put that bad food into your body. It tastes good for a little while, but the effect that it has on you down the road is is pretty bad. I mean, sitting down and eating about a half a pound of pasta would taste delicious. But I'll tell you what. I I hate pasta, but go ahead. Well, you're not Italian. (laughs) I, that, that I am not, as you can see. <laughs> so I sit down to a, a full plate of pasta. It's going to taste delicious. How about Thanksgiving, right? We all sit down and we eat everything, plus the pie, plus the drinking. Where is everybody after Thanksgiving? They're on the couch sleeping. Absolutely. No one's out running marathons after you know a Thanksgiving meal. Oh. So oh. It, it goes the same. I think the same thing holds true. You allow toxic people into your life. And you are not living your best quality. of You're not going to have the best quality of life. So what are some signs, would you say, 
that you're in a toxic relationship? Okay, so I have a, I have a handful. There are okay. there are many others, but the first is lack of support. Okay, you have you don't have a support system in terms of your relationship. So that partner is not supportive in your endeavors, your, in your life, your self care, your you know. So you have a lack of support. Um, you have toxic communication. Okay. So, so disrespectful verbiage, um, talking down to the other person, not treating the other as an equal. Disdain. Um, mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, jealousy. Oh, that's a big one. Yep. Control, Be- which goes along with controlling behaviors. Yeah, so, and jealousy, that other person is telling you that they don't trust you. Correct. And, and trust is foundational in a relationship. And that person, if they're jealous, they're telling you that they don't trust you. Now, feel free to jump in with some of your, your my own, more, oh. your own examples. Okay. Oh, don't worry. We'll get to that. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. We're getting All right. There. Stay. Okay. Stay tuned. <laughs> Resentment. Wow. Okay. They resent. So that toxic partner will resent you for, you know, being healthier, being um, more successful being a better parent, being a better friend or, um, you know, family member to somebody else. Sometimes I wonder, you can have toxic people and then you can have, I think, a toxic relationship. This is, this is my own theory. Mm-hmm. So you could have two people not necessarily be toxic, but the mix of the two. It's like oil and water. It's like oil and water. Correct. And so that's what I mean. I think you can have toxic people. And if that person is toxic, I think they're going to make the relationship toxic. Correct. But you can have two people and they just aren't right together. And that's your oil and water. Right. They fuel fuel each other. And so in in my example, I I think my example is better. So so listen to it. All right. So everybody likes... Peanut butter. Most people like peanut butter. Okay. Almost everybody likes guacamole. Okay. Agreed. You would never put peanut butter and guacamole together. It'd be terrible. Good point. There's, You're right. So, You're right. So, so, there's, so the peanut butter is delicious and the guacamole is delicious, but together it's not too appetizing. So you're saying you could have two great things, but when you combine them, they, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. Okay. But you could have, like, peanut butter and jelly go well together. But if you have peanut butter and shit, <laughs> it's still... It's still shit. It's still a shit sandwich. All right. All right. right? I like so, that. I like so, that. So the shit is the toxic person. Right. And then the guacamole and the peanut butter are ah, two people who... I like that. Aren't necessarily... Thank you. That's good. I, I have good... I, have, I contribute. All right. All right. You do. You do. And You're, just so you, she told me earlier that I'm really only on this podcast because I have the recording equipment and she does not know how to operate it. It's probationary. You have a 90 day probationary <laughs> oh, period. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so, so far you're good. You, you the, just the, did a good job with that analogy. I like it. I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> okay. So the next right, part is we talked about, dis- uh, okay, resentment, dishonesty. dishonesty. So lying. You know, you've got some, a partner who's just dishonest, who doesn't tell the truth, who lies. Um, you have a partner who has patterns of disrespect. That mm-hmm. would be a toxic um, 
person in the relationship or portions of the relationship. Um, negative financial behaviors. Oh, uh, that's a huge thing in relationships. The finances Money, are definitely. Yeah. Um, okay, ignoring your needs. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're in a relationship and you're not getting your needs met. Yep. I mean, and that's a that's a bad relationship in and of itself. And I think people, you know, other people, not me. Um, oh, oh, of course right. not you. I think other people maybe get married or have children thinking that, oops, sorry, thinking that, I just almost just dropped the entire mic system here. Well, shut the show um, down. Come on. <laughs> thinking that things will change. Thinking that things will thinking, change. Almost oh, like you're, well, they won't be dishonest. They won't be resentful. They will, a child will come into their life and they'll learn not to be jealous and they'll learn not to be controlling. And those mm-hmm. people, not me. Not you. You would never. I would never get married like twice and have kids with the toxic, those toxic people. Never. And think that they were going to change? Not me. I'm too smart for that. Um, so I think that a lot of times you see these behaviors, which are red flags in the beginning, and they become staples in the relationship, and then you think they're going to change by doing different things. And if you're dealing with a toxic person, nothing is going to change that person, except right. unless, maybe copious amounts of therapy. Well, unless they want to change. And if that's and, if they want it. And that's the thing. I think a lot of people will get into relationships and say, just like you were saying, that not, not, like, me. You did, not right. like you did, but like you were saying that, you know, and, and I, I've... I've been in relationships where I thought this, okay, well, I'm going to be an example of taking someone else's needs into account. Mm-hmm. And then once I show her, then she'll see and go, oh, that's how this works. But like you said, you can't change another person. What's that saying? You can't bring a horse to water. Is that it? Um, no, you lead. can't. You can't you, lead a horse to water. I don't know. What's the saying? <laughs> you can bring it. You can lead a horse to water, oh, yeah. but you can't make him drink. Okay, so that's the just saying. Just in case you didn't know, you can actually lead a horse to water. They're they're pretty okay with that. Sometimes, but sometimes they're not thirsty. <laughs> All right, you can lead them. You can't make them drink it. Right. Right. You can sh- you can lead by example, but you can't make them replicate your actions. Right. All right. Okay. See, that analogy works. That, that works. All right, okay. all right. Okay. Okay, so here's a good one. Um, constant stress. So you're feeling constant stress or they're... Or they're you are feeling constant stress in the relationship because... Uh, I mean, because of the relationship, because of what you're enduring. And this goes along with one of my all-time favorites um, of a toxic relationship, walking on eggshells. Wow. Did you ever walk we, on eggshells? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you learn to do that over time as kind of a kind of a coping mechanism or kind of a way to, and in my case, you, you want to make everything okay. So you go, okay, that that behavior didn't work last time, so I'll do something different, mm-hmm. or I'll sort of tiptoe around so that so as not to start an argument or try to de-escalate an argument. Yes. Tiptoeing around on the eggshells. On the eggshells. Yeah. Yeah. I had eggshell shoes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think when you have children and they start to grow up, you start to see them walking on eggshells and you realize it isn't just you. Right. 
you know, you right. start to see that other people are doing the same thing and you do, I think it's, it's a big eye opener because you realize this is what you're teaching your kids that it's okay, that this is normal, that this is healthy. And I think that's, that's a big one for me, the walking on eggshells because nobody ever should or wants to live like that. And when you've gone through it, talk about stress, you know, for me, I would wake up and I wouldn't know, you know, I, can't, I even came, I came from a very dysfunctional um, household. It was very toxic. So, so that was the question I was going to ask mm -hmm. you. So do you feel like you learned in childhood to walk on eggshells and then that became your norm, a, a, a behavior that you carried on into adulthood? Yes. For me, I definitely thought that was normal. I thought that was what you just did. Um, and when you finally break free from walking on eggshells, it is the most amazing, freeing feeling and you never, ever want to go back. You don't know anything different. You know, you would wake, I would wake up and you didn't know what kind of mood anybody would be in. I mean, it could be a beautiful, you know, sunny Christmas morning. You know, mm -hmm. Chris, it's Christmas. Like, who, yeah. who'd be in a bad mood, right? Who, who doesn't like Christmas? Who doesn't like Christmas? And I mean... It would start off, every holiday actually started off like with everybody had good intentions and it always turned into a complete shit show. And it was like, you know, I would be told as a kid, like you had to ruin the holiday and it was our fault that we put our parents in a bad mood or wow. that they were, you know, not getting along or whatever the reason was. And so when you live like that, you do think that's normal. You go into relationships a lot of times that resemble that sort of behavior and that it feels feeling. normal mm -hmm. and you think everything is supposed to be hard and oh. so you, that is your norm and you wonder why you're tired and you have no energy and you feel so drained and you don't know that this re these relationships suck the life out of you okay so so question that i would have so the example you gave of being a child and walking on eggshells that felt normal to you yes so at what point do you go, this is not normal? Were you just under so much stress that you said, I got to figure something out? Or did you have a revelation? Or what was it that made you say, this thing that I feel it's normal is wrong? I think, honestly, the moment I realized that the a I did not have to walk on eggshells was probably the day my mother died. Wow. I realized... I can do whatever I want. I mean, I was 30 something years old. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I, I can, I can get divorced. I can, sh I can shave my head. And I did. I shaved the underneath of my hair because I knew, and I don't, I don't think I really comprehended. I didn't know that I was going through life living a certain way because I didn't want to hear about it from my parents or my mother. Um, until she was gone, I was like, I can do whatever I want and I don't have to deal with the I told you so or you're a failure or you aren't good enough or, mm -hmm. you know, all of that that goes with it. And so for me, that was that was the like unveiling of being able to totally live a life not walking on eggshells. I, I, I realized that I was living with my husband number two, who still walking on eggshells. And H I'm like, you know H2, what? H2, we H2. call H2, I didn't have to do that anymore. I was like, she's uh, gone. This is, I'm done. Like, I will yeah. never do this again. And so for me, that's when I realized I had, uh, it was time to get divorced for well, the second time. Well, and, and that is, 
I'm not laughing at you. No, I, I, I kind of. You can laugh I, at my stories. I, I, we I laugh kinda, at each other. Yeah, stories. we laugh at each other's stories. Tell me. So, okay, I want to know. Tell me a time that you have walked on eggshells. Where? Oh my God. Um, just one time. Just one time. A good one. Well, sort of, sort of like you said, um, I would be in bed, and then I would hear a phone conversation. I just know it's an excited conversation, and I would think, is she laughing or is she crying? Because I can't tell from from across the the our home, and I would think. Holy shit! If she's la- whether that's going to determine the quality of day that I have. Okay. Because if she's if she's laughing, it might be an okay day. If she's crying, you're screwed. I'm screwed. Okay. And so you know, if she's crying, then I've got to handle myself in such a way that I don't exacerbate the situation. Okay. Is that that makes sense? That makes sense. Yes, that's. I think that's a true definition of walking on eggshells. And yep. I'm sure you're in your you're in your bedroom thinking, "Oh shit, what kind of day am I having today?" Like what and that that is that is, they will dictate to you what kind of day you will have based right. on what their emotions are, what has happened in their lives. Um, so because I, their feelings mm-hmm. to them are the ones that matter. And Correct. and your feelings don't matter. But then we go, I'll show them that their feelings matter, and they'll go, oh, your feelings should matter too, but you can't lead a horse to water. Wait. <laughs> no, you can lead a horse. You can see? lead a horse to water. Exactly. See, now, see, now, you, now you're doing it to me. <laughs> Jesus. Um, do you think that there are varying degrees of toxic relationships that some can handle, some can't? Like, let's say I'm with a per. let's say I'm with, let's use, let's use H2, okay? Okay. H2 he was never dishonest. He um, was never controlling. He was never jealous. I will tell you that. But mm-hmm. he, so for me, okay, great. See, I've already okay. got three down. Three down that he wasn't. But he was very toxic in his communication. He lacked support. He had p- many patterns of disrespect. Disrespect. He resented me. Um, he ignored my needs. There was constant stress in the relationship. And we walked... I was walking on eggshells constantly. Do you think that there's another woman out there that could handle that? Absolutely. And so, um, and this is circling back to the question that I talked about earlier, the point that I made earlier, um, some people can be in these types of relationships and, and they can work. Now, whether it's a healthy relationship, so that's the thing I think we might have to, touch on too, there's, um, you can have a relationship that may not be super toxic, but it also may not be really healthy, but they can work. Hmm. You, you don't think Interesting. so? No, I do think, I, I think I agree with you because I'm saying like, I could never, you know, some people will say I could never deal with a cheater. I could, I would never, um, if forgive it, I would never, I mean, that is pretty toxic, you know, oh, yeah. it's a toxic you know, that's, that's toxic. I could probably forgive that. It's Mm -hmm. something like you blow up at me and say disrespectful, hurtful things. And you know, you open wounds from maybe 
long ago, you start opening wounds, and I can't forgive that. That's like where I draw the line in okay. the sand. But say, for example, I don't know if this is a good analogy, but say you've got two people, and I'm going to be, I don't know, stereotypical with this, but husband and a wife, and wife wants to go hang out with her friends, and the husband says, you can't go and hang out with your friends. I want you home at 5 o'clock. I want my dinner on the table when I get home. And and that's the way it is. Okay. So you probably oh, would no. not be that, okay that, with that. I, would, that, well, I wouldn't go for that shit. No but, way. But there are probably women who would say that, you know, they come from a background where, where they've learned that and they go, of course I'm not going to go out with my friends. And of course your dinner will be on the table that's at five true. o'clock. That's true. And the one instance where the husband would seem really controlling... Might be okay second, for somebody else. It might be yeah. okay for somebody else. So the answer is yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely it can be. Again, now whether it's healthy to be in a relationship like that, right. that's a different story. Right. But that person who is okay with being home at 5 o'clock and having dinner on the table, right. they're, it's they're, like a, they're, they're you know, fine. Okay, you want to go back, you want to go back to food? Okay, let's All do right. it. I, I'm ready. Hot sauce. Hot sauce. All different. Right. There's different degrees of hot, right? And yeah. everybody has a different sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, tolerance. Thank you. Tolerance. Yes. See, I'm and useful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it is similar to that. You know, the toxic right. nature of somebody, for me, might be a 10. You know, to, some, to somebody else, it might be a 5 or vice versa. Right. When you think about it. So I guess, yes. So when you're out there dating and all these people have been possibly discarded because of their toxic nature, one man's trash could be another <laughs> man's treasure. Treasure, yeah. Right? Yeah. I got that you, one you right. Got what, you I got, got that, that one, one right. right. All right. Right? You're, you're getting better with the analogy. Thanks. <laughs> you're, you're not as good as... Not as good as I am, but you're, you're getting better. I, I'm, I think I'm rubbing off on you. I right know. Here. I'm getting good. I'm getting good. All right. So one man's trash is another man's treasure. Yeah. No one's saying it's the best thing ever, but yes. What would you say are just across the board? So we talk about trash and treasure. Yep. But I think, for example, violence across the board is just, that's, trash. that's, that's trash. Total trash. Trash. That's shit on the peanut butter yeah, sandwich. That is. It's just a shit sandwich. You can't disguise sandwich. that. Right. You can't disguise it. Yep. Agreed. Now let me ask you this question. Okay. Why do people stay? Why oh, stay in your toxic relationship? Um, I think there's a number of reasons. One reason is that people kind of get into a comfort zone and they feel like, well, maybe I won't find somebody else to love me. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I think you get desensitized. So that behavior, you know, we talked about how it doesn't start out at level 10. Sometimes it starts at level one and it gradually ramps up. And before you know it, you've, accepted this behavior because you've been gradually introduced to higher and higher levels. It's like hot sauce. It's like hot it's right? the hot sauce analogy. You you know you taste it and you're like this isn't hot and then by the end of the meal you're ready to like you know suck down two pitchers of water. Um I think lack of confidence and and self-esteem and that goes along with some of the the negative, you know, insulting behavior. So sometimes over time, 
you can have a partner that insults you and it gradually just lowers your self-esteem. And so mm -hmm. you get to the point where you don't feel worthy of, of anything more. Do you know what my dad used to tell me? No, what? You could screw up a... Wait, shit. <laughs> what did uh -oh. he say? You could lead a horse wait, to water. No, not that. He didn't say you could lead a horse to water. He'd be like, you couldn't lead a horse to water, I bet. Um, you could screw up a... What the hell did he say? Oh, I know. You could screw up a two-car funeral. Wow. I know. A lot. He said that a lot. Like, to the point where sometimes I do something wrong, like, stupid or blonde moment, and I'm like, you could screw up a two-car funeral. I'm like, oh, my God. Did I just say that to myself? Wow. So, a lot of times, you're, that's ingrained in you, and mm -hmm. you believe that you actually could screw up a two-car funeral. Wow. Which means you settle for shit mm -hmm. on a sandwich yeah. because you don't think you could attain the chips and guac. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? A, a two-car funeral. Is that, is that a thing? I don't know if they have those, but somehow I would screw that up. Or he would be like, if your head wasn't you know, attached, you'd lose it or what, what's, whatever that... See, I'm, not, I'm so bad with it. You'd lose your head if it wasn't attached to That's, your body? Yeah. Okay, so that was a saying that your dad had. Yeah. Do you, he probably was told that by his parents or someone that was a guardian Honestly, for him. I never thought about that. Could be. We could be passing it down generation to generation. I've never said that to my kids. Well, well good, because you, you realize that's, that's not a good thing Correct. to say. But I think that's how a lot of these things get passed down. So it, it, it doesn't excuse it, but as much as we've been affected by people in our past, you know, our parents and, and uh, guardians, they, our parents and guardians were affected by people who were raising them. This is true. This is very true. Um, okay, what about this? Okay. You think people don't leave because they're afraid of embarrassment? They have a fear that, that it's embarrassing, that they are going to have to come to terms with the fact that they have to tell people that this mm -hmm. is what they've endured? Oh, absolutely. I think, I mean, for me, definitely, um, Constance and I have in common that we have both been married twice. So... Um, <laughs> You may want to think about that as you're, <laughs> if you're taking advice from yeah. us. So, Wait, are you going real quick? Are okay. you going for a Are you going for a third? Oh my God, I can't. You, when you say that, I get a little pain. You get and, a little sick to your stomach. One of my clients, I told, um, he said, "Oh, you're, you're getting divorced." He goes, "All these women are going to be lining up once they find out you're divorced." And I said, I told him, I said, "If if I tell you that I'm getting married anytime soon." Don't say anything to me. I just want you to punch me in the face <laughs> as, as hard as you can. <laughs> and then, then just point at me, and then I'll get the message, and I'll, I'll come to my senses and go, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. That's a good plan. That's a good plan. Okay. Well, well you know, I don't know. I, I am not in a hurry to get married again. I would not completely rule it out. If the universe drops someone perfect into my life or I happen to run across them and it just is meant to be then I would consider it mm. I'll, I'll never say never okay. I guess okay. I guess I, how, how about you um I've thought really long and hard about this okay and I've decided that we don't need a legal ceremony mm. I would do like a commitment ceremony like a okay. fake wedding 
a fetting. Yes, a fetting. Okay. Like, a, like you have a, you know, it's just fake. It's all fake. But mm-hmm. there's something more special about that. Because to me, you can something just more, Something more special about the fake wedding? Yes. Because, because you can leave at any time. There's mm-hmm. nothing keeping you there. There's no paperwork. There's no, you know, fear of divorce. So that, that makes it more special? Yes. Oh, I see what you're saying. So if you... Oh, I got it. So if you... Like if I'm giving you my word, mm-hmm. I am... Like, and I'm still here. So if you're staying, then that means you want to be there. It's not because you're embarrassed. Right. Because for me, I thought, and we've talked about this before, and I think we both said, holy shit, we, I can't, I can't get divorced for a second time. What are, what are people going to say? Yes. Yes. And they think it's you. Yeah. Like, and, and they do actually think it's you because I don't know about for you. They think it's me personally. I, you've, well, you've I don't know. You talk to people. You, people. What people, people say they're saying stuff about you. Yes, they're saying stuff about. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. No, they're, de- they're not talking about you. They're definitely talking about me. They're like, what is it about you that you keep choosing what they call the bottom of the barrel? So okay. my family's like, why do you keep choosing the bottom of the barrel? And I'm like, well, you see, mm-hmm. there is a compartment under the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> Nobody knows about it except me. And uh-huh. I go, I go to the bottom of the barrel, but then I go to the secret compartment, and that's where I find my my suitors. Okay. And so, then I marry them and have kids with them. So it's all on me. It all comes to me. And what do you think about that? And then I hear you could screw up a two car funeral. What? <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I would screw up a two car funeral. Of course I can't pick out men. I mean hello. Yeah. Like, that's the message I've received. Okay. Think about that. that. That's that's kind of heavy. Pretty fucked up. Yeah. It's deep. We're getting deep today. We're getting deep. All right. We're, how much? We're, we're going under the barrel. A, a friend of mine. Is it me? Is it? No, it's not you. It's not you. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> I, there's plenty of stuff I'm going to say about you, and I go, my friend. Yeah. Who you who you may or may not know. You could do quotations. No one gets you. My friend. All right. Um, but I've I've heard I've actually heard people say. I'm at this age, I'm just going to ride this out. What do you mean? Like they're, they feel that they can't they, meet anybody else at their age? N- not that they can't meet anybody else, but it's just too much work. I'm just going to stay oh, here. They're lazy. They're lazy, complacent. I don't know. But they, huh. they're at a point where they think, it's why, why should I try to start over now? It's, it's too late. We'll just die together, and that'll be. And that'll be it. Okay, but, here's here's my question. Mm-hmm. You left a very lucrative job where mm-hmm. you were like super smart and did whatever it was you did. What'd you do? Wow, I was a senior systems analyst. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little star next to this because she complimented me <laughs> and she she almost never does. So I'm I'm just gonna bask well, in yes, this. Yes. I'm just all gonna bask in this. All that stuff that you did at um, your real at the job where you you know made money, um, you left it to pursue a job in personal training. Yeah. Because and you were you took a leap of faith and you did something to make you happy rather than to keep you comfortable. Right, and and so that is kind of the mindset that I have where. Some people would say, oh, you know what? I'm just going to stay in out. this job right. and ride it out. They're too lazy. They don't want to go look for another job. When I retire, then I'll, I'll kick back. But my, my thing is, you should enjoy life now. I'm willing to 
do the uncomfortable things to have a life that I enjoy. And I think that that we both did that for yeah. our careers and yeah. relationships. High five. Yes. Look at us. Yeah. God, we're good. Yeah. We're actually healthier than we thought. I I you, would you not could, screw up a two-car funeral. I was just going to say that. You could handle a two-car funeral. <laughs> I could totally. You know what? I'm going to say, I'm going to, I would say you could do a three-car funeral <laughs> and be good with it. I believe in you that Thank much. Thank you. Thank you, Jerome. See? Compliment. Thank you. So next time we're talking about red flags. Red flags. Red flags. And um, anything else to add? Oh, we forgot to say what we're drinking today. So every show. We have gonna, a drink in hand. We have a drink in hand. And so, what are you drinking I, today? Well, I came in. I came in here exhausted today, so I decided to spruce up my drink with a little vodka and uh, some green tea concoction. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And how? how and is so it? far, so good. Okay. So far, uh, so good. I feel so, better. Okay, you feel better. I feel better. So you were exhausted. And I, you know, and I got alcohol, some energy now. Okay. Was it? Is there like ginseng tea or or, or what's I think the, it was the green the tea. Deal? It must have been the okay. caffeine. Okay. What are you drinking? Well, I am drinking. A, I don't want to say the actual name because I, yeah. I think I think we should try to have people sponsor us. Oh, for sure. So I'm not going to say the name. I'm not going to give free publicity. But I am drinking a sparkling lemonade that's infused with vodka, and so it's got a hard seltzer. A hard seltzer. Okay. Okay. You just got to be. That's what they're called. I'm just saying. It's what it's yeah, called. Yeah, but you you could have just gone along with me and just not corrected me. <laughs> That hurts I was my, I'm sorry, I was That helping. hurts my self-esteem. I was, I was helping. I was just It hurts helping. my self-esteem when you do that. <laughs> so I'm drinking a hard seltzer. And then, is it bad that I added some vodka to it? No, it's called a topper. It's called a topper. I don't know how okay. I know all this stuff. Okay, you would never. I have a plethora of knowledge uh, well. <laughs> when it comes to random things. Random things. Like drinking. And drink, even horses drinking. And horses, I know, okay. right? Um, so... All right. That's all for this episode. We episode, did it. Episode we... one. We're, we're, I think we're killing it. I think we're killing it too. So that's all for now. I'm Jerome. I'm Constance. And we'll see you next time.